0: Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Hope you can hear me. Hope all is well, as you can see from the usual uh, filter I'm using where it says 1230. What the hell are you doing on at 12 o'clock? And it's because I cast the net out to some of my favorite folk and said, will you join me on the show to reflect on the year? And too many of them said yes. And so we're doing a double bonus episode in a way because I've got Farouk Bello and Evie Martin joining me on the show. First Farouk, then Evie talking and reflecting on some of the important topics of this year in our final few shows of the year. And tomorrow, I've got Rob Bevan, who's coming on, a good friend and colleague of mine, who's a Cairo uh, down south somewhere. And we're going to be talking about some of the business variables of how 2020 has thrown us and then a bumper show on Friday uh, from 1230. But I don't know when we'll stop that because we've got a few people joining and we're probably going to have a bit of a panel discussion about all things 2020. But, but first, um, Fruit Bellow is uh, someone that you should have seen our, previous episode together he's, he's a brilliant thinker uh, coming through the ranks he's, uh, he's part of our Physio Matters First Steps team and he's also someone that as a new graduate he's really thoughtful in those, those early years um situations really and and 2020 has been one that's thrown everyone off but you imagine how it's how disruptive it's been for students new graduates etc but also just you know for Farouk as a bloke I just want to get his take on the matter Um, and that's what tuning it over is all for so I'm really appreciative that he's able to join me so without further ado let's see if the tech works all right and I can slide in Farouk can you hear me mate
1: yeah, Jack. How are you doing, Jack?
0: Good. Well, welcome back. We're just joking, weren't we? We said you're a veteran of the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sometimes it makes you a veteran automatically. <laughs>
0: yes, Farouk Bello. So I wonder if I can keep it really open to start off with, mate, and just say, yeah. like, what is your hot take on how this this year's been?
1: Oh, this this year, to me, honestly, has been one where it's been up and down, I would say. But however, you know, it's, it's for everyone in general, physios, health professionals, been a mayhem of a year where you know everything is switched from what the norm is and i think the year this year is going to be a defining point in my life and everyone's life where moving forward it's going to be a lot different in loads of different aspects you're talking about the care you'll be able to provide i'm sure you're going to talk that with someone else you know telephone consultations you know uh, what's called video consultations these kind of things it might be the new normal to an extent moving forward or you know, social distancing, little things like this. Hi, you know, the ironic thing is hand hygiene should have been, should have already been <laughs> normal. It's going to be a, a push forward even more moving forward. But, you know, for me, I always try and look at it this way. You know, the air is throwing you some curveballs, but you still have to hit it off the park either way. And, you know, that's why, you know, starting my own podcast, starting everything and just trying to see what you can do throughout the madness and bring out something and be productive is, is always what I try and do reward to be
0: honest for sure yeah well I want to get stuck into some of the variables that might have affected sort of students and new graduates talk a little bit about what first steps have got in store for us as well in 2021 but before I do that I was wondering if there any are there any particular milestones or moments over the course of the calendar year that really stand out for you as things that really really change things up either for you personally the industry at large or whatever it might be societally yeah uh,
1: also with you know me personally me personally um say you know the things that the projects I've embarked on this year has, uh, you know, just coming out of uni have really shaped me going forward. I've taken on a lot of different responsibilities and I I keep myself as busy, even not as busy as you guys, but I think I'll get there very soon with you, <laughs> <laughs> with you, Jack. You know, I'll start with the first thing, you know, during mid, mid lockdown and mid pandemic, I was just chilling I was had my dissertation to write and I then I decided, you know, let me let me do something else. And that's where I decided to do, start the podcast. Those early three months were, you know, up and down, figuring out what style I want the podcast to be, how much do I also want it to be a blog, you know, what what are my limitations? And during that time, you know, loads of time on hand, you know, just sitting around, So I was like, you know, you can do a lot, but I was also cautious when things start to, you know, when I finish university, you know, dissertation done, I'm going to, it's going to be a bit different when you're working full time a week, you're not going to be able to do things. So sustaining the podcast has been something I've, kept it my uh, forefront because i think you know with a lot of projects and you find even it's easy to start it's the hard part is continuing it, you know and you 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 guys are a testament to that i'm been fit for physio of seven years it's it, i'm sure you know you've seen you've come and you've seen come and gone loads of other podcasts other uh events they've come for a month and they've come for a month so sustaining that across was very important for myself you know what Another thing I've taken on you know, is the first steps, which I've been happy to be a part of. And you know, it's so a wonder we have a wonderful team. Uh, you know, Chloe, Amelia, you know, Carol, everyone, you know, we're all trying to chip in and be as productive as we can, also helping the next generation of next set of yeah. students. Transitioning physios and uh, new physios alike. You know that's the type of thing we're trying to provide. And I'm sure we'll get into that later in the a bit later in the episode about the new things we're bringing out. We're trying to push forward next year. But you know that's another project. Another thing i have taken on is you know cultural health club. You know with the uh, M- Emmanuel Obola, which is the like support system for BAE, uh, BAME uh, physiotherapists trying to provide say space you know to pr- promote ourselves and push ourselves forward and just do a lot of things you know, the CSP band that we're also working on all these type of projects or things that I've taken up uh, this year alone, which, so for a lot of people, you know, it might seem, you know, this year has been all bad. But for me, I, I would say, you know, you just have to find a way to spin it and bring it out as good for you as best as you can. And that's what I've tried to do uh, all through the year. And these are the top things that just keep my keep me racking up. Even in this with the cultural health club, I, I'm a mentor. You know, it's like a levelled mentor. So I'm you know helping out some second year students at the moment. I'm trying to see in, if they have any advice, just because I'm fresh out of there. But it's a lot of these projects, and they keep me busy. And you can see the whiteboard in my background. <laughs> That's how I keep myself you know on track with everything I do, so I don't uh, uh, start falling through the cracks. But yeah, it's been it's been up and down, but I've taken the good out of the year overall.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, massive adversity does bring opportunity, and and certainly people step forward, and leaders step forward as well. I'm always one that's critical of cheesy hashtag leadership uh, sloganeering, sort of uh, as well as sometimes people, you know, people uh, you know congratulating congratulating people on good leadership for making a good round of coffees. Uh, in, your, in your instance, you know, I really do see you and others, especially in the first steps crowd and also the cultural health crowd sort of emerging as people that are then stepping up and saying, look, times of disruption mean that sometimes we've got to put, put, put forward what we feel is our best guess of a good idea. And uh, you've done that multiple times in various different ways, as you've just described it. I want to though ask, because I know maybe I'm projecting here because I know I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. And I'm looking forward to winding down <laughs> on Friday, whether how successful I'm going to be for that, I don't know. But I'm going to try and down to <laughs> on Friday. How Because how how are you you know you has it has it taken it out on you or is, is the inspiration coming from the new project still juicing you up how how are you getting on with your sort of uh, energy levels at the minute
1: you know i'll be honest at times you know i had even with work you know i two weeks ago i had a 10-day shift and you know i had like two days i had a thursday and friday off which was amazing for me it was like a 40 thing the energy level you know sometimes it, it'll be natural i'm sure you you'll start, you need to just relax sometimes and just, you know, recharge your battery. Some days I'll just say, you know what, I'm not doing anything, podcast editing, none of this type of things. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna need to watch some TV and relax because I find myself every day sitting at this desk, you know, my flatmate will come and you will see me sitting at this desk every day, doing some stuff on my computer. And but what gives me motivation is, uh, in general, projects we embark on, personally, I. For some reason, I didn't realize for myself, I've come out realizing that I enjoy editing, I enjoy podcasting, which is weird. I'm sure, you know, Jack Marsh will tell you something about editing that I, mean, I don't know what his opinion is, how fun he finds editing your podcast. But, you know, I kind of enjoy it and I'm interested in all these type of things. So it's, but at the same time, I find it as a hobby and, you know, work. So it does, it, it makes it, allows me to, you know, keep it going, but definitely no doubt, you know, sometimes you just need to relax and wind down and take that, take those few minutes out. Unless, if you keep going every day, every day, every day, grind, 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 you're just going to run yourself into a brick wall, and then you're not going to be able to give that longevity, which is the important thing in anything you're embarking on. I'm sure you know that as well. Being able to sustain the growth, sustain the progress for a longer period of time is paramount to anything you start on.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And uh, thanks to those that are tuning in live. As we always say, that a lot of people do tune into this uh after the fact uh, various different times over the video and also the podcast if you prefer it just on audio uh, but those that tune in live I always like to pose your questions so that you guys can get involved and so obviously any comments and questions you have for me or Farouk then please do let us know but also I just want to ask you guys specifically if you're if you're listening in live can you give me your reflections on how you feel your interactions with say students and new graduates might have been different this year that might be as you are a student or a new graduate and therefore you know please share your reflections on your experiences but also in terms of um you guys that are otherwise in practice and stuff is that you've seen less students more students you know different contexts of that uh, as well as then how it's been different in in induction processes for your new graduates all that sort of stuff so please just uh, please do if you're listening live then don't don't be shy to share your thoughts and views in this direction because that's where we're going next in the chat really Farouk is what what has been a really interesting time for you guys to get stuck into this Physiomatics First Steps project to try and offer translational materials, as well as a basic support network for students and new graduates. I mean, it, it couldn't have been more timely. Um, right. And I've been so pleased and so proud of the work you guys have been doing, especially because of our relative absence as a team being drawn thin on various different projects. You know, we've been busy with with um, not just physiomatics but obviously with Therapy Live yeah. stuff it means that the the sort of support that we we would otherwise have been able to afford you we weren't able to but then it turned out you guys just rose to it and, and certainly didn't need us so what has the, tell us about a bit about the, the project but also then what you've got in store
1: so uh you know the first us project overall is you know initially when you uh when you when you approached us and said you know you this is what you're thinking about and then we decided you know as, as you said you know is one of my big things for me you know adapt and survive you know adapt figure it out and keep it pushing because you know as you said you know you don't always want to get into a rut where you 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 panic and then say yo we need that support the support was great you know initially i know and you know i I can imagine with everything you guys do you know extra podcast today basically as you said before your podcast network now you know you go therapy live multiple times so it was for us it was taking what we've seen you know for physio matters as a whole have been doing for multiple years and you know seeing what can we do to in the source emulate that but give it our own spin and as you said you are right you know it has been a case of you know we've had multiple people have different things and trying to figure things out uh, individually and trying to put it together as a team but overall i think we have you know persevered and we have basically figured it out and given it our own spin so that we can go at a at a level where we feel uh, you know, we're still able to provide the content uh, we want to provide for, you know, our target target audience, you know, students, uh, transitioning physiotherapists and, you know, uh, new grads alike. And it's that space. It's because I think the, the team we are is provides uh, different content. So we have myself, for example, myself, Chloe, who are freshly out of the new grad school. You have Karis, who has been two years post. You have someone like Reese who is still in university, Amelia who is in university. So that diversity and that level of uh, what's it called uh, wider team is able to give us multiple inputs on different points. So that right. at no point do we feel that you know we don't have a voice from this side. Because as you said, one year out of university, you're still out of university. You you won't be able to see things as the way someone who is in university now, and particularly during this COVID time where you know, it's completely different. This third year students are completely different from when I started my third year, you're having to do virtual placement. I don't even know what virtual, I didn't know what virtual placements were. <laughs> I didn't know what they were <laughs> until, until uh, Amelia told me that she, you know, she had some virt- I think she had virtual placements as well. So getting those perspectives and the team that we have is is the driving force that has enabled us to, to move forward. No, brilliant.
0: It's been great to see, and, and certainly something that, you know, I, I'm, uh, I still know what's in there's there's a there's a brainstorm on a uh, whiteboard that do not look dissimilar to yours that I've got a photo of because it's been replaced over. But I've still not had a chance to really share some of those ideas with you guys, in part because I just really wanted to see what emerged. But I see um, things that the opportunity that knocks for you guys is incredible. And I think the influence you're having in, uh, on that corner of the industry is, is phenomenal. I think that, that there's a real craving for that translation piece. And we've, uh, we've sometimes made mistakes in the past whereby people mm-hmm. feel like we're talking past them if they're students and new graduates. It's like, yeah. oh, now we've even had feedback saying, oh, this, you know, I really enjoyed this podcast. I really look forward to me understanding more of it when I'm more senior physio. And we kind of kick ourselves for thinking like we're, uh, whilst they're not asking us to dumb it down and they don't need it dumbing down, sometimes the language that we speak and sometimes the niche, when we talk about policy or yeah. we talk about systems, et cetera, you know, you're just not in that, that space really. And so for you guys to be able to yeah. offer that 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 uh, translational work, it, it's just been really good for us.
1: And it, I think I think you got it right there when you said, you know, um, depending on the level of and years of experience and years of practice you have, your dialect and the way when you talk maybe it will be maybe a bit different, you know. For example, you know, some of the I'll be I'll, I'll put my hand up and say some of the times when you when I listen to a podcast of yours or I listen to some content or uh, generally from the more experienced uh, practitioners, I don't understand everything, so I didn't have to you know go back and you know figure it out, you know redo a bit more research. But to someone who's been practicing for over ten years, it'll be it'll be like yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's not, even, that's just because of the level. So, you know, when, uh, when we focus, when we do our content for uh, Physiomancer's First Steps, what the, one, the things we try and make sure we're getting across is if you notice, you know, the videos we've done is trying to make sure that we understand it because the way I understand it would be a lot easier for, you know, someone who's just coming out as well, because we roughly, and not to get all pedantic, you know, levels and X, Y, and Z, but the way we've just been taught, It'll be a lot easier for me to you know communicate what i'm trying to say and as i said you know the team we have it'll be easier to for, to get the message across because ultimately that's the i think that's the most important thing is when we're saying something is the other person able to understand what we're saying immediately or are they able to uh, appropriately digest that information that we're giving them and if you look what we what we are planning for uh next year I'll touch on this now is you know we're trying to put out more videos you know we have the youtube channel which you know and you know the way media has changed now it's, it's a bit this different from the way it was you know, five ten years ago so we're trying to adapt to the time and i think also we have that uh, beauty where we are in the time as well so we can really see what people actually want the way people want to digest information and the variety of choice is also a beautiful thing that we're trying to do which means we're going to be trying to do a lot more videos like, you know, the first steps, quick tips videos. And we're going to be trying to push out a little bit more uh, short two minute videos. And we're going to be putting out a bit longer ones for YouTube as well, where we'll have to we'll be talking about things that, you know, uh, for example, if they talk about in university, you may not, you may, you may be a lecturer didn't explain it in a way you understand. We're going to try and put the, put a student spin on that or a an easier way for you to probably digest that information. For example, let's take, you know, soap notes. Some people, you know, when you go into placements or, they're not entirely sure how the process is and it takes them a while before you figure out you know what should you put what should you not put or how to put it in. So that's how I think we want it to make be more clear, you know, making referrals if you're a student on placement or being able to ask your uh, educator say how do I make this referral or what referrals do we have this type of things, just little little prompts so we're trying to provide as content so that people can say you know when you go on placement for example or you're in class to say uh, yeah I remember the video that we did and the, the first steps did that and they'll be just little things and you know it doesn't have to be gangbusting that I think it just has to be even if it's little things you're getting from it and moving forward we're going to be trying to do a lot of um you know open sessions where we have where people can come on and ask uh, questions either be it clinical to an extent or non-clinical if you just maybe you're about to go on a trauma and orthopedic placement and you're not sure what to expect or what to ask or how to go about it we'll try and do an open session where you can just come on, ask that question, you know, and everyone will be there to listen to our answer. And I think, as I said, we have a good amount of experience on the team as well, so that we can be able to answer, even if I can't answer, because I don't know everything, you know, someone else might be able to, Chloe might be able to give you better advice, Mm -hmm. David might be able to give you advice, but everyone is going to be learning at that point. So that's one thing that we're going to be trying to do a lot more and going next year and, you know, newsletters and X, Y, and Z, just trying to make sure that people are still feel like they are supported and they can understand and learn as we go along
0: has it been when you're doing this stuff um has it ever felt quite exposing because sometimes we hear from from students i bet you guys are as well whereby people feel that sometimes they they don't want to because they're their own you know they, they're relatively new to it and therefore they're yeah. learning sometimes they feel like sharing their opinion online is going to sh- you know leave them vulnerable to you know, suggestions that they've kind of got shortcomings, which they kind of know they have because they're young in the in the profession, and and people should people feel like this across all like uh, timeframes. But I just wondered for you personally, and also as a team, you guys have been pretty bold in saying, "Look, this is our take on the matter. We're not p- pretending it's polished, but you've been you've allowed yourself that bravery, and you've just cracked on with it." Has there ever been times where you or or the team have f- wobbled in that direction, and it's felt a bit too exposing?
1: Yeah, I think I think you, you think you're right there. You know, it's it's the barrier that eventually you know people always have to break. It's and it's also like because you know sometimes to be honest, physiotherapy and you know healthcare community can be sometimes it can be brutal. You have our moments where you know it's wonderful and nice and everyone's patting themselves on the back and everyone's, you know the lovely flowery things and I'm all for it, you know. But sometimes as well, you might say something and you might have a hundred people raining down on you saying this is wrong or this is wrong. <laughs> Yeah. and it's it's the dichotomy of the of the of the profession but you know for us as well personally you know even i myself when i make some of the videos i always look over it uh when i made a video I'll, I'll, I'll read over my quick my quick script i think you know let me make sure i don't start saying things but at the end of the day it's also recognizing i think as a team we rec- we realize that you don't have to be right every time and you have to be willing to take to, even if, if you say something that is wrong someone says, oh i don't agree with this you have to hear what they're saying why don't you agree with it and you know, I have to take it from there that's how civilized conversation should work and it shouldn't be you know i make a wrong point because as i said we're all human beings or you know we're bound to say something oh, mistake and you put out a video but it's already out there and initially during those first steps you know you're thinking i said first steps i said initially during those first steps uh, you're thinking you know you don't want to be you want to make sure that everything, <laughs> everything is perfect but it can never really be perfect because you know someone else someone out there is going to disagree with some of the points you make and it's accepting that And once i think we as a team we accept that you know we're going to put out some things that people don't particularly agree with and we can have a discussion around that and you can tell me why you don't agree i don't have to agree with what you what if, if you're not agreeing but you know it's that's how conversation should work and you know we can have a mutual agreement as opposed to the raining down on my parade and telling me you're wrong you're a bad physio x y and z and mm. you guys don't have any word. And once we, uh, I said, once you overcame that barrier, it becomes a lot easier. I'm sure you, being seven years in this game, doing the podcast, you said some things that you know probably people don't agree with, and I'm sure that's the way it is. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I know you said some things people don't agree with, but you can defend your points. You can listen to why they don't agree, and you can take it from there. You can either choose to agree or disagree.
0: Sure. Well, and that's been really nice to see that maturity from you guys, and it's not a coincidence for us to have sort of uh, tried to select a few of you into it. Now, of course, you guys are completely then in charge of of your further recruitment. But you know, the, the the guys that were first involved and 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 who I was then sounded out on, you know, you you were all of a of a persuasion that meant that you were going to be open to ideas, but also willing to at least put things out there. And that balance is tough, and so you've done it very well. I think your point there about how. When if if there's something that comes out, especially from say the first steps crowd, if there's people that then berate and ridicule it straight out the gates, then you know that that's their problem. It's a bizarre mindset, yeah. isn't it? Fortunately, we've not hopefully seen much of that. But then yeah. similarly, if they. Um, we also don't want people to hold you guys to low expectations in such a way that if they disagree, they decide not to say it because they're coddling you. That's no yeah. good either. So instead, you uh, know, it's only natural that people would be challenging you, and th- and that's good. That if they do, as long as then that dialogue then furthers the conversation, and that it really does seem to, it, it does seem to um, really. Offer that balance to try and move the the conversation forward, which is of course is what physio matters is about, but also makes it more accessible and, and a way in which students and new graduates can really feel that they can they can get stuck in without feeling yeah. as exposed as maybe they would have done otherwise. We've had some lovely comments coming in here, and fruit. Uh, sorry, she said uh, Joe Turner said absolutely. Fruit. It's not just students who can feel afraid to share. She said food. She meant good. Good on you for tackling this at this stage in your careers the rest of us can learn from you i think that we absolutely can too. and that bravery is relevant you know it's kind yeah. of that what what would you advise people early in their career be that students or new graduates with that are sort of even stalled for getting in touch with you guys because they feel like they yeah. don't want to put their head above the parapet what would you advise them
1: you know honestly um that's uh, thank you thank you very much joe for the for the kind words as well you know uh, this is something I've realized personally, we do get messages from first personal, we get to our Instagram, you know, we get people asking us questions, maybe they want to be a part of, it. they're just happy of the, the things we put out. And, you know, I, I want anyone who's listening to this, you know, you can always reach out to us. We are a big team and we're very friendly. I'll be honest with you, we're actually very friendly. You know, the way we have gel together, this is a group of people you put together. We, we had, most of us had no contact with each other before. And now Basically, friends, some of our things are basically just catching up really in your career. It's perfectly normal. I went through that as well. I think probably I don't know if I'm going still going through that as well, where I think oh, I'm scared of to an extent to reach out and I will give this quick example of how um, the funny is very interesting how I actually, you know, got in contact with you was where I just reached out to Jack, Jack Marsh and I said, you know, I know you guys have been doing the podcast since I think I reached out to you first or him. I can't remember, but I said, you know, I need some advice or so could you some advice
0: and just... Oh, I've just lost Farouk for a second there. I don't know if it's me or it was very, very helpful. You know, we just started
1: okay, yeah, the quick I'm Zoom chat. I've
0: and... lost Farouk for a second there. Hopefully I can bring him back in, but Farouk, can you, can you hear me? Can you oh,
2: hear think... me?
0: I think I think he's back. Sorry, we we lost you, uh, or I did at least. I lost uh, you, uh, you were saying about um about you reached out to me or Jack, and we couldn't remember which it was. Uh, <laughs> and then we lost you, so just repeat that point if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, no worries. Uh, so I reached out and I just asked, you know, can you do you have any advice or tips for someone who wants to start a podcast? And you know, you're very helpful to help me out there. You didn't know me, you know what he didn't know who I was, but that's the type of thing that you know you can find. And sometimes just having that bravery to say. let me just send out a message and that's how I get most people on my podcast I just send out a message and hope and I say you know what because if I don't send the message I'll never know if they say yes or no but if I send it out and luckily you know people I think generally people can be nice especially when you've had the same support before in your career you're more willing to help other people as well so anyone who's thinking about you know sending first steps question for trying to be more involved And that's another big thing that we're going to be doing next year is trying to get more people involved in First Steps in the sense of, you know, we're going to be trying to be doing collaborative work. So if you send us a message, for example, and say, yo, I want to get involved, we we can bring you in for one of our next videos and we can even let you, you know, take the forefront if you have an interesting story to share or an interesting point to make and you just want to use us as a platform to say, to bring yourself out there as well. So that's one thing we want to really try and do next year. And then particularly as i know as said joe said you know people down the career also have this fear of when you go out and put yourself online it, it might be a bit scary but as well as students coming out you know when you just come into twitter or you just coming to instagram and you're not sure how to navigate the whole world or you know how to get your points across that's what we we want to try and do because i think there are loads of people out there you know students alike that have very interesting perspectives on different points but they won't be heard because you know they don't have that platform or they don't have the ability. So we want to try and bring as many people as possible to hear from different people. And at the same time, you're learning, we're learning as well, and other people as well around the world are learning as well from us.
0: Absolutely, no. It's been it's been fascinating to see you guys develop. And I suppose something I don't think I've even told you, mate, but um, I'll, I'll announce it now, and then we can tell it tell you your, uh, the rest of your your project gang is that you guys have certainly. Uh, far out, out uh, surpassed the expectation that we had when we sort of uh, put you guys together. I'm so pleased to hear that you're all friends. I'm not surprised because it was just so much, such such compatibility uh, between you um, and the uh, ways in which we, we can try and offer some sort of nominal reward for you guys surpassing our expectations means that Physio Matters First Steps will be getting a its own, it's own website courtesy of us as well as several <laughs> other different things that we're going to be able to fund for the project. Um, And so we're going to be helping to boost your your voice uh, so that then that doesn't all need to fall on on your shoulders. Obviously, we tried to provide you with a little bit of nominal infrastructure um, and and, and pointing you in the right direction. But now, having done what you guys have done, uh, know that you've got our shoulder fully behind the wheel of your work now and in the new year we've actually got some uh, ways in which we really feel that we're going to be able to um, broaden your your uh, reach which is exciting so please do pass that on to the rest of your your gang course, yeah, and, you uh, and you know that that me and me and jim will be attending as long as you'll have us for at least five minutes <laughs> we'll be attending your next meeting to tell you a little bit about what we've got
1: in store Ah, uh, that's amazing. That's just great to hear. To be honest, you know, anywhere we, anywhere we can push it out, put a push out and message as much as we can. We're always willing to hear. That's good news, actually. I'm sure people. Well, the team will be. We'll be glad to hear. You know, because <laughs> it things we've been thinking about for a while? That's so brilliant.
0: Well, yeah, there's a few different things that you, you've you guys have had all the best ideas. So we obviously just want to try and help support them. But that includes, of course, then us helping to fund them as well. But just uh, as we as we sum up there, I've just noticed the time, and also Evie's waiting waiting patiently in the lobby there, which is great. So we're going to get her involved in a second. But for just tell people a little bit about how they can find out more about first steps, and also about you personally
1: uh so if you to find out about first steps you know we have our instagram which is pm first steps uh i'll put that in the tweet we'll tweet that tweet at, uh, at jack and the uh, physio podcast so we have our twitter we have our instagram which is also pm first steps and we have our youtube so i would suggest those are the three main ways you can you know reach out to us on well, Twitter and Instagram, we we are always, you know, answering messages. Someone will always be there to answer your message, and which is always uh, helpful. So that's where you can reach us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can, you know, get the videos when we when we start releasing them out next year as much as possible. And also myself, I do host the Rooks Health podcast, which is my own project, uh, which I've been working on for since mid this year. Which you can find as a podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Rooks Health and That's where you can reach me. I've released multiple podcast episodes and more coming out uh, in the next few weeks. Um, So that's where you can get us.
0: Now, let's say it's useful for there to be some public accountability for me as well. Uh, I've, I've promised Farouk I'd go on his show at some point in the day, Now that I'm going to declare on air, of course, there I will. Go. Um, and, uh, then that has got to happen now. So you can hold my feet to the fire. So, you know, it'd be a pleasure. And I'm really pleased to see both your personal development as well as then what the projects that you're involved in are doing for the profession. And just generally, of course, with patients uh Best best interest at heart. So really, thank you brilliant. for all you're doing. That's been brilliant, Thanks mate. A have a great Thanks day. Thanks Likewise. Have a good day, everyone. Yes okay that's fruit bellow if you haven't paid attention to his work before then i hope you will do now uh spectacular guy as well as then as, as you'll notice uh, from paying attention to physio first steps they're just absolutely brilliant up-and-comers and i'm so excited to be completely out of a job when he and others uh managed to take the, the podcast game and other things by storm i'll be completely redundant and i'm looking forward to it um as we as i mentioned before we've got our, our next guest so this is a bumper special episode reflecting on the year is evie martin so I Hopefully, I'm going to be able to, to move her in uh, in a second. Um, just click around a bit, and hopefully, hopefully, Evie can hear us. Evie, can you hear me?
2: I can. How are you, Jack?
0: Great stuff. Lovely. Well, welcome to the show. We've just been uh, just before I jumped on with Farouk. Me and you were just chatting uh, for your YouTube channel. Uh, you're involved in and in, in, what well, the the. the you, you launched physios online as well as get better online this year um, as a means of, from what I can tell, raising standards in virtual therapies, which of course was very timely in many ways. Could you just introduce yourself for the listeners, for those that might not have heard of you or your projects so far?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I am Evie Martin, myself, and my wife, Christine, we set up a website uh, back at the start of lockdown called physios online. And um, basically the idea was to help physios who wanted to do video consultations to reach people um, like through a website. So yeah, it turned out that I absolutely loved doing video consultations. I had started doing them before COVID. Mm. So uh, yeah, so I had set up a little network of physios over here in Norway, where I live. And as soon as we got that set up, then all of our clinics opened up again. And so I, yeah, I thought, well, I might as well do the same thing in like Ireland and the UK and started doing it in the UK. And then loads of sort of really great people just started joining up and physios online was born from there. So as I say, it was born of the COVID crisis, but (laughs) um, but will probably last way beyond. So basically what I'm trying to do is just, it's the way that it works. It's like a collaborative, it's like a network of physiotherapists. Where the aim is that each physiotherapist in the network tries to raise up the other members of the collective. So it's like free to join, there's no subscription or anything like that. But what we do is we try to raise up physiotherapists, particularly those who are trying to do the best possible video consults they can. It was very relevant at the start of uh, at the start of lockdown. Now everyone's used to video consultation, so it's sort of now it's it's sort of evolved into, Something else, I guess. Now it's just sort of a, it's it's sort of a project of trying to. It, it's just building a group of physios who are all interested in, yeah, internet-based healthcare, I guess. And we also have a face-to-face referral network, sure. so that if if your patient is seeing you online through video consult that you will then be able to refer to someone in the face-to-face network if you feel that your patient needs to be seen face-to-face.
0: Mm, no, that's great, and that that integration of those two two styles of care or two delivery modalities is, is really useful. I'm I'm interested in why, because um, obviously we kind of all know instinctively that it was something that in a rush, everyone needed to flex into, but you were one of, of, of a few voices that were passionate about this being a care delivery mechanism, that the fact that people were going to need to be exposed to it because of necessity, you were someone and, and you and others were saying that this is an opportunity for us to reflect and learn as to what best practice is and how much of that can be appropriately um, used and, and delivered through virtual consults. So what do you feel it is that's at the, at the heart of, of clin- MSK clinical practice that you feel uh, the opportunity knocked well at the start of lockdown?
2: Well, I mean, for me, I, I just think that all or many of the best parts of physiotherapy can be delivered by video consult so you know in terms of really good listening to your patient communication exercise that that type of thing like i, I feel like all the all the really great parts of physiotherapy are are absolutely able to be done by video consult and like the thing is it to me it wasn't some sort of a second best thing or like a you know this backup thing that you have to do you know just because you weren't able to see people face to face So, because I'd already started seeing people on video before COVID, um, I I kind of already knew that it worked. I already knew that it was a good way to go. So, the reason why I started seeing people by video was just there was one one patient, um, a man with a traumatic brain injury, he found it really difficult to travel to my clinic to come and see me. You know, I live in Norway. He had to take like a ferry and a taxi and all this kind of stuff. And he was my first Patient that I saw on video consult because himself and his assistant, they were absolutely delighted to just do, to do video consults. And then, you know, I started seeing other people this way. So, um, you know, older, older ladies who didn't want to drive on icy roads and, you know, even school age uh, patients who didn't want to miss time from school. And um, so, yeah, it, it just it was just convenient for many of my patients. And. I suppose the best way to say it is uh, I think it was Laura Rathbone on Twitter. She said something like, uh, you know, we we gain more than we lose with video consultations. So, yeah, maybe we can't, you know, we can't do whatever hands on, um, you know, interventions you would have liked to do with your patient, but we gain so much and especially in the context of a pandemic that to me it was just, yeah, it, it just made so much sense and I couldn't I suppose at the start as well, I couldn't understand why everyone wasn't absolutely just, you know, shouting from the rooftops about the about the benefits of video consults. I mean, I know I'm not the first one to have thought of this. Um, there were other people in the UK who had been doing video consults successfully, you know, before COVID as well. And I don't know really why I, of all people in Norway, um, decided that this was just Going to be my passion project, and I just, I just wanted all physios to like embrace this technology. It just made sense to me because we had, you know, we had this weird situation where you had just thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all over the country who were literally confined to their homes. It was like a huge, horrible mass experiment of what to do with a population by confining them to their own homes. And then you also had like thousands of physiotherapists who were just you know, absolutely terrified about what the future would bring. They'd lost their income overnight and they had the skills and they had the technology, you know, so we had the physios with the skills and tech and the technology. We had the patients who needed um, help. So all that was needed was just to bring these two things together. And I was like, well, we need to, you know, we need to do this. Um, And yeah, so that's, that's why I did it. And I wasn't just thinking in terms of MSK either. Um, I was mostly interested in helping like neurophysios and and peds physios and uh, those those sorts of uh, clinicians to to reach patients. I mean, some of the some of the physios who joined at the start and continue to now. But I mean, you know, we have physiotherapists who've been helping. You know, I, I had a conversation with there's a pediatric physio called Lorna Saunders. She's in the group. She was one of a really strong supporter of us. And I mean, she's helped an infant with neonatal stroke by video consultation through. Yeah you know, through lockdown. And I I just, I couldn't understand it when I was going on Twitter or going on Facebook and trying to, you know, shout about the the value of video consultations and kind of getting a bit of pushback from MSK clinicians saying, oh, what about, you know, the value of hands-on and yeah, you know, we're kind of, I don't know. I just, I couldn't understand that the pushback when there were so many people who could be helped by this like technology. So I just got a real like it just kind of lit a fire in me and um,
0: yeah I so thought that it was like a I bit, bit
2: my, question. that just a went bit to me about my right. favorite topic which is physios doing video consults so sorry about that Jack
0: I don't don't apologize for that no it's great and that's where your passion lies I think it was interesting to see and I've witnessed that continue uh, that there are certain uh, certain elements of pushback or resistance to that change um I think that there are a spectrum of different uh, levels of legitimacy or validity to these criticisms from people that are otherwise essentially their style of practice and their style of reasoning is such that they just f- physically couldn't deliver a care model of anything that replicates them or what their patient expectations would be over virtual. In part because they fundamentally are the sorts of folk that that uh, often often we 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 nod to on this show as being ones that that perceive that they're doing more. Structural change with their hands. They've they've they perceive the fact that they the uh, the diagnosis or illness behaviors that the patient is exhibiting is down to something that needs to be overtly corrected, ideally by yeah. them. And, and I, therefore...
2: I think you're right. I think that's I think that's a big part of why some people really didn't embrace this, and why still even going forward, it just won't be for everyone. You know, at the start, I was a bit naive, kind of thinking every physio can you know every physio is just going to love doing video consults one that once they get the hang of it you know they're they're going to really mm. enjoy it but um no actually i i think that you're right for some it's it's just not a part of their identity They they this is not how they see physiotherapy this is not how they see themselves working and i i think that's quite fine you know we can't all be uh We can't all be Bill Taylor, um, who's one of the other physios who I've described as the Madonna of physiotherapy because he's reinvented himself uh, many times in many different ways and he's just done fantastically on video consult as well. Or uh, uh, Dr. Christopher Norris, textbook author. He's been, you know, working for, I don't know how many years now, very experienced. Christopher Norris is definitely a a physiotherapist who is, I suppose we'd say hands-on. This is a man who, teaches manual therapy, and acupuncture. Um, you know, uh, you, you wouldn't think that this would be a person who would be very keen on video consultations, but absolutely yes, because he said, this is well, this is the tool that I have now to, to reach my patients and help them. And he's also very passionate about exercise and rehabilitation. That's where he started out. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> to me, I, I really admire that. You have a, a person who's worked a particular way for a long time, and then says, but this is the situation now. This is what my patients require of me now. And this is what I'm going to do and do it bloody well. And that's what he did. And that's what many of the, that's what pretty yeah. much everyone in, in physios online has done. Yeah, well,
0: Chris, Chris Norris is a good example of that. I really yeah. like his work. And it's something that... um He's, uh, he's certainly one word that you associate to him is versatile, you know. And it was great to see once again Washburns repeat Chris Norris is uh, sort of flexing and being thoughtful about new tools and, and and new styles of delivery. So no, that's been great. I think on the other side of the spectrum of you know, I feel like there is some some styles of of criticism that kind of shine a light on uh, practices that, that otherwise we, we hope would be not redundant, but also um, something that we'd we'd try and move past that essentially can't be replicated online and, and not being rehab centric in their functional approach to care. But then on the other side of it, and, and I'd be one of these people that essentially is something that it's all well and good being passionate about it. And also the, the, the abundance of evidence that demonstrate we can get similar outcomes in MS care practice, particularly uh, from virtual consults there is then this broad sense of market force and expectation from patients and society at large that might mean that there's this broad educational exercise needs to occur for them to understand and to value that style of care. Because if that doesn't also move, then you're literally not able to keep the lights on uh, and that you've got practices that exist, not as zoom studios, but as practices and as gyms, etc. And so you've then got this time frame or, or whatever that needs to pass um, for that to happen. And so, that's why it might present as resistance but actually it's just the the nature of the real politic of the situation I've not got your audio there Evie sorry just repeat that a second sorry your audio kicked out
2: you're all right yeah I I lost you as well for a moment I don't know if you lost me too but we seem to be back now and yeah in in terms of sort of I suppose the short way to say it is to, to sell this to patients and um, really to, to have people actually want to use video consults. Um, okay, look, the, the, I suppose I'm gonna try not to be too blunt about this, um, but I, I suspect that, I have a suspicion that if patients don't particularly embrace video consultations, that it might be more a matter of really the physiotherapist preference or interaction with the technology rather than necessarily the fact that there's a problem with the medium itself like basically if you're a physio who loves doing video consultations you're, you're really good at them I think your patients are going to be quite happy with video consultations this has been my own experience so sometimes when I see people saying oh you know patients don't want video consultations this is not you know um, there's not a market for it or whatever I, I do kind of I think that there's another explanation apart from just no patients don't want to do video consults and um, I think one one slight problem that we might come up against is that if many people have bad experiences with virtual health care during the lockdown I would not like for that to then color their impression of the potential for virtual health care like I don't want people to have a bad experience with a phone or video consult physiotherapist and, and think that this is the best that you know, this is the best that video consultations can be. Mm. So that's also part of the mission of physios online. You know, I want, I want as many people as possible to be exposed to really good virtual healthcare with physiotherapists who really want to get the best out of this um, technology. You know, so that's why the, the people who have joined and the people who have joined are generally, you know, I suppose they're really quite successful in their, fields they're people who are good at what they do i hope it's sort of you know joining physios online it, it is a collaborative network so it it tends to attract people who don't feel particularly competitive with other physiotherapists yeah. you know so and you know in order to not be competitive you need to be good enough you need to have reached a certain point in your um you know, whatever you might be, your art, I suppose. You, you need to be at a certain point in your in your art or in your profession that you're so good that you're not really competing with others. So again, people like Bill Taylor or like Linda Padilla, you know, uh, you know, people who are in the people who are in the collective. Um, anyway, I got to thinking there about them, but um, I've totally rambled off my point. But uh, what was I going to say there? No, I have no idea what the question even was at the start. But yeah, yeah, so, so basically the idea no, you've is answered, that
0: you've, not, you've answered it, I <laughs> The, the idea not, is that
2: I'm not, I'm not, if just, someone is looking for video consultations, yeah. um, you know, which people will be, let's face it. You know, I, I think already people are starting to look for video consultations. You know, I've I've had people contact me specifically for a video consultation because they don't want to take time off work or whatever. Sure. And as people do that and they find physiotherapists online, my hope would be that they find physios online and end up with one of the physiotherapists in this collective who does a really, really good job of giving them the best quality video consult. And that hopefully that will then generally color the, you know, color people's overall impressions of what virtual physio can be and what physiotherapy is. And, you know, like expanding out from that, I hope that that video consults in general will just change the public's whole perception of what a physiotherapist can do, of what a physiotherapist is, you know? I mean, I remember at the start of lockdown, you know, when me and Christine were putting this website together and we were trying to come up with the, with the wording for the website and she was saying, like, you know, for some people, saying video physio is going to be like suggesting them suggesting to them that they go to a virtual dentist. Like, it's just going to be ridiculous. They're not going to understand what you're <laughs> on about. They have a totally different view of physio. Sure. Um, so I think that's a really positive thing. That if people see physiotherapists through video consultation and see what they can actually do um, over video, they, they'll have a, a different view of our profession. So that's my optimistic hope for uh, hope for what virtual can do for our profession.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I want I um, to. There's, there's certainly plenty in there. I agree with, but I would say that there is a difference between the returning patients. So say there's someone who's got an existing style of practice, and they've got a patient on their caseload, or someone that's had a previous body part injured, that then says, they, they do something virtually partly because that was mandated during the, the height of the lockdown, they then might say, I prefer to come and see you face to face. And we kind of know that there's going to be people that it's because you're not able to realign my pelvis over the over the internet. So I need to come back in, right. So, I, So I'm definitely with you there. But I would say as a general market force, say for new customers, right, new business, new patients that might then just have a a sore bit and therefore they're seeking out care i don't necessarily think the quality or, or, or competence of the clinician on virtual is even in play as a variable that's affecting their consumer behavior because they their perception of physio like you've just joked about is that well, I wouldn't see a virtual dentist when there's a when there's a face to face dentist available just because that and we, we that's kind of what I meant about. We need to change the, the cultural shift that needs to occur for them to conceive of us better Um, is definitely a piece that needs to be put in play. But as time needs to pass for that to occur, I would say that there's still this this gap uh, that, that will arise, not just because of people's real perception of an actual clinic but just the perception of the profession or the industry at large I just wonder what your thoughts are about that is there a point of disagreement between us there or not
2: um I don't see any really clear point of disagreement I think what I think what you're saying is that at the moment there are more people are still wanting to do face-to-face consultations than video is that what you mean
0: in part because of the variables that you've described but in part as well because of their perception of the industry which is going to take time to change and and whilst yeah. that doesn't yeah. yeah. where you've got a virtual yeah. offering and a face to face offering then the the fact that they select that isn't necessarily an indictment on the clinician
2: no 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 you're right I, I i think it is it's it's um it's to do with the perception of the profession so i guess from that point of view all we can really do or at least what i've been trying to do is to to try to get the message out so speak to physiotherapists about what they do on video consultations speak to speak to patients as well you know I've had some really fantastic interviews really good talks with some patients who have spoken about their experiences of virtual health care I spoke with a lady who had MS one of the uh, physios in the physios online group and um, yeah I asked her patient to speak with me and we we made a video from it you know in which she talks about how <laughs> how much of a help it was to her to be able to get video physiotherapy instead of traveling in to see her her physio. Um, I also spoke with a a lady and her son, and her son had dyspraxia. So that was one of the, one of the pediatric neuro physios in the group. It was uh, her patient. Um, I've spoken with Pete Moore as well, you know, the the patient advocate. Um, He's obviously a a fairly strong proponent for uh, internet-based healthcare. He himself, I think, had you know, transferred his pain toolkit and all that sort of thing over to online for other mm. reasons as well, for environmental reasons and convenience reasons and stuff. So so there there are a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of ways to get the message across to patients. Um, and I think we just need to keep on doing that. I, that's what I'm trying to do anyway is to speak to physiotherapists who have you know really embraced this technology and also to other people who have good experiences of it. And I think some people, have, many of the physios, you know, in our community have helped with that. You know, um, most of the people in physios have, online have spoken to me about how they have treated patients by video. And um, yeah, everyone from neuro to, to palliative care, you know, oncology physios have talked about their work um, on video as well. Um,
0: yeah, it's been, it's yeah. been brilliant. And, and that, I think those examples and those case studies that you've been able to bring to the fore has been a really helpful insight for people that sometimes might have been easy. It might have been easy for them to say "Well, that might work for that style of practice, that discipline, that sector within care actually doesn't apply to me. Whereas the versatility of the of the tool is, is something you've been able to demonstrate really well. So thanks for that. I've, uh, we've got a few questions coming in. Luke Murray says the dream team. Um, I don't know about that. You're the dream really team. They're
2: really like the the physios online. The the group. Yeah, Luke is in there. Luke is terrific. He's um he's not a really he's not an established. You know he, he doesn't have an established private practice, but um but uh, you know unlike many of the others in the group, but he's he's just been so fantastic at supporting and kind of shouting about the the project. He really believes in it. Too, so. He's, uh, he's great. And he helped me yeah. before coming on here to calm down my nerves.
0: Oh, that's good of him. Um, yeah, he's, he's certainly someone who's a really useful emergent voice. who's really yeah, Luke is, in an so clever
2: and kind. And he's really, um, Luke on Twitter is at Irish Physio so you should you should definitely check him out
0: yeah well there's a, there's a, a country a countryman bias that we're sensing there as well of yeah course.
2: yeah
0: totally fine with. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> <Totally fan laughs> with laura, laura rathbone uh, who was mentioned earlier a great point that she made about we gain more than we lose which is a lovely quote yeah. and she's then quoting what i think was chris norris she's saying this is the tool that i have now which is a yeah, yeah.
2: laura's uh really of it's just one of the best things about setting setting up physios online there's all these just like really interesting people i've met along the way laura is just fantastic! I'm really interesting to talk to. She always makes me think about stuff that I have not thought about before. Yeah, Brilliant. she's uh, she's great. Thanks,
0: Laura. Dan Gerber said. As someone that thought themselves as a manual therapist primarily, I couldn't believe how easily I took to online consults. 80% of what done in clinic can be done online, but not all that need the 20% that's do- sorry, not all need the 20% that's then done in clinic. So dan's sort of suggesting that that, that yeah. it was a tool that he was able to flex into more than he realized. Have you heard that story from a few folk? That they yeah, were skeptical.
2: Uh, yeah, this this that's the story that I hear most often, you know, from people who are surprised at how well video consults went for them. They sort of go, Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that I could help people so much by video, that type right. of thing.
0: And Becky said the same, even as a soft tissue therapist. I she said, I genuinely didn't expect any of my clients to go online for consultations, but they did and found it really valuable. It breaks yeah. down so many barriers for the client to get to see you. And also yeah. again, great for these misconceptions of what msk care is if if people are usually going in for for very overt hands-on care to a soft tissue therapist that's expected the
2: the, the other thing is jack you know as as msk clinicians i think by now we're all fairly aware of the biopsychosocial model or you know as as i i think a better term is the socio-psycho-biological model i know people say that it doesn't matter and but i prefer to call it the socio-psycho-biological model and (laughs) you know we like to talk about it and then and then something comes along where you can literally be in your, <laughs> Luke, you can literally be in your patient's own environment, in their home, they, they will invite you into their own, um, into their own environment. Now, as far as I can tell, I, I don't think that it gets very much more so, psychosocial um, than that if you want I mean this is where your patient is inviting you into their home and you're able to see where they are you see you know sometimes you see people around them and um, I've had great consultations where I'm working with them and a family member for example like I just I, I think it's like a cool new job where you just there's so many <laughs> elements of your job as a physiotherapist you can be yeah. so creative you can use their environment you can you know you can involve the people around them um i just think it's uh yeah it's fantastic it's
0: been quite a nice thing I, I remember i had a patient a few weeks back whereby they said um i uh i've got a funny asked about stairs how are you managing on the stairs fairly elderly patient and uh and they said i've got a bit of a funny staircase actually and i'm finding it difficult i was just like show me and so show of course me. Yeah. <laughs> taking me to said staircase because it was unlikely that if they'd have been in clinic they'd have had a picture of their staircase on their phone or they'd have had to have started to to yeah. uh so it's little little bits like that that can really make a difference. And it is quite intimate, I agree. And I think we've got to be thoughtful about that in terms of what people are doing, inviting us into their homes and also the way in which that they're engaging with it. It's great for access, but it's also something that those things we need yeah. to not run roughshod over and we need to be thoughtful about the social context in which we're actually applying yeah. our care, how it's different. Yeah. Um, one last thing, because we, we do need to wrap up. Um, thank you so much for those that have contributed and commented. Please keep your comments coming, of course. Any feedback, welcome. But I just wanted to say that, that one of the things that I noticed in myself recently, as well as we've started to go back to some face-to-face care and doing rehab in the gym and stuff again, is that there are certain patients that come in for an assessment. And you could understand that people are often saying like face-to-face versus, versus uh, virtual and, and, and trying to make sure we optimize both. But actually, at the moment, you've got virtual versus face-to-face masked care. And so me and patient in a mask in, in clinic and the way in which I'm able to read and they're able to read my emotions and the way in which I'm having to modify my communication because they're not able to see my expressions and vice versa means that there's actually a compromise that's occurring face-to-face at the moment in PPE yeah. that doesn't need to occur across the screen. And in the, in a couple of moments, I've had in face-to-face new patient assessments where we've needed to get into some deeper meaningfuls and I've had to modify my behavior because they can't see my face and vice versa. I, in that instance, would definitely have preferred a screen between us rather than a mask. And I think that's a variable that's been undervalued at the minute.
2: Yeah, I I absolutely 100% agree. Even without, you know, over here, we're not required to wear the full, the full, you know, uh, visor and all that kind of stuff. So all I'm wearing is just a a face covering, you know, a, a basic surgical mask. And um, even I prefer, and many of my patients continue to prefer to just stay on video instead of looking at each other through a mask. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, as much as I look better in a mask, of course, which is something that my patients enjoy telling me. But uh, thanks so much for your time, you Really appreciate it. And tell people where they can find out more about you and your project.
2: Yeah, Um, you can follow on Twitter. I am at online physios. Uh, the website is physiosonline.co.uk. If you are a physiotherapist who wants to join us, you are very welcome. At the moment, we're only taking in new people for the kind of face-to-face referral network, um, but we'll probably be adding more physiotherapists to the video group as time goes along. Um, I also run a kind of side project called Get Better Online, which has others who are not uh, physiotherapists. So we have, you know, a a pain consultant and sports rehabilitator and dietitian, psychology and uh, different um, sort of more of a multidisciplinary group. So that's getbetteronline.co.uk. And um, all of this is my wife. If you think that I'm some kind of internet genius, I'm not. My wife made us the websites and she is really the one doing most of the work.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. And as I said to you before, thank you to you and your wife for uh, a brilliant project. It's always brilliant to see some true entrepreneurial flair, especially at times of adversity and times of need. You, you, your timing was perfect and we're so thankful for you to do so. Excited to see how that develops. And please know that you've got this platform and ended that we own in order to 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 make sure we amplify some of the work that you're doing. Uh, because, you know, so it's, been to, it's been great. I to appreciate see.
2: that. And thanks for coming on my uh, little podcast thing earlier, or it's not a podcast, but it is. Thanks for coming on and talking to me.
0: No problem. Yeah, obviously everyone keep an eye out for that. Uh, Evie gave me a bit of a grilling. and uh, The tides were turned uh, earlier t- today. <laughs> so yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, Liz Bailey sums up for all of us. Well done, Evie. Brill Project. Absolutely agree. Uh, thank you all of you. And uh, do join me tomorrow with Rob Bevan as we touch on some of the reflections from a business point of view, as well as a bit of an announcement from us as to what me and Rob have got in store for 2020 in that direction for therapy businesses. So many thanks. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you tomorrow. For those that haven't noticed on social media as well, I'm doing a free-for-all on Friday. As I summarise the year, I'm, you know, touching on all the key moments. Uh, and I'm I've, I've basically, I'm going to be sending the link out to whoever fancies joining me. So we're going to have a bit of a Christmas party for the final tune it over of the year on Friday. So Evie, if this hasn't been too traumatic, of course, you're welcome back on Friday. Awesome. Be nice. No, right. <laughs> Take care. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Bye.